Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Chad Middle. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show where I forgot how to work my mixer. It's been far too long since he played on the big boy mics. Oh yeah, we've been recording for the past 25 minutes and nothing's been happening. Uh, we've just been making fun of ourselves. So I got arms to my left. Yes. And uh, Nit laughing hysterically at uh, me to my right. We're going to have to like talk extremely fast and just request our listeners like slow down the episode or something to get the right. full hour out of this. So, so next up on this is a 2018 drop board. Here we go. That's actually a really good idea. Like we're going <laughs> to we're going to go fast. You use uh Podbean, I think we'll let you slow down the to feed. half speed. Yeah. So next one on there, I'm a libertarian. I have Michael Gallup. <laughs> Michael Gallup's a libertarian by the way. We decided that before the show. We don't know that to be any sort of part of truth, but it, we found it amusing. We're, yeah. we're we're using Fox Fox Sports for our uh, 2018 yeah. draft. We board, just assume sure. they're going to you know include the uh, political views of the players. Right, right. Baker like, you know, Mayfield. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, Sam Darnold. He's he's very liberal. I'm going to have to drop him all the way out of the draft. Right, <laughs> you know, right. That's just the way that these companies are anymore. Well, when we saw Josh Allen this past weekend, and while it was a great draft pick, he was wearing a Make America Great Again cap uh, on draft day. We can only assume that um, that he's, he's got going a to... Richie Incognito in him. <laughs> yeah. They're they're going to go one way or the other entirely. It's like you no, know, he's making Make America Great Again cap. We can only assume he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I mean, um, there's no doubt about it. On the on the other hand, um, I did see Baker Mayfield wearing an "I'm with her" shirt, and um, I've never seen draft bus written so large across someone's chest. I just know that uh, Josh Allen is probably huge. He's, he's prob- probably huge. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Yeah, anywhere he ends up, he's the best. Uh, he's, he's he's the best. It's like you take Tom Brady. You combine him with Peyton Manning, and you add Brett Favre and Dan Marino in there with the ability of Michael Vick. That's Josh Allen. Thanks, thanks, Fox Sports, <laughs> yes. for that in-depth analysis of. We're, we're, yeah, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and switch on over uh, to uh, my non-political sports website. Thank God, Fox is the conservative ones, right? I don't know. I don't watch them. I don't watch any of them either. I don't pay attention to politics. I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, the only thing I know about politics is, is uh, you know, our, our mayor is a is a goofy ass dude. That's all I know. <laughs> Literally <laughs> sleeps during meetings. Literally, like meetings that he calls says it's very important. There are pictures of him sleeping. Yes, and You're he like, walks in job. parades. All and, of them. Uh, I, I liken him to Frisch's big boy. It looks like if he had a burger in his hand while he was waving. He would look just like the Frisch's big boy. Yeah, you, you haven't even hit his claim to fame. You know, he's the high school sports announcer. Yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. that that that's his full time job. It's actually, that, mayor's that, like one right. C because that's how mayor works in our town. You can be the mayor, but you also have to make sure all the horses get their feet on the weekends. <laughs> so, well, it's very important. You know, this is not a one horse town, right? Well, speaking of horses and uh, Amish fellas, Sam Darnold. Got drafted. By okay, him. just kidding. Random. Uh, I don't. Know. He's just. He look. he rocks a spectacular handlebar mustache at times. Does he? Yeah. He he rocks a uh, 
full head of Sonic the Hedgehog here as well. <laughs> he also rocks a very large paycheck by being the number one overall pick in this year's 2018 NFL Draft. Yeah, you can be the mayor and make what he makes. But yeah, we're going to dive right in. We're going to give you basically fantasy value only today. No draft grades, nothing like that. We're just going to start out at the quarterback position, and we're going to analyze these guys for fantasy and their landing spots. So, since you talked about I'm with her, Baker Mayfield, let's let's start off with the uh, <laughs> he's probably like the most libertarian human being on the planet. Who knows? It's hard to tell. He, I know, he, I know, he's a good looking dude. He is. Mia Khalifa was right to to blow up his DMs. I mean, I sent him a message. Oh, okay. Wasn't for the same reason. I don't think. Could have been. Did she, is she trying to get people in the back of a fantasy show? I don't know. It'd I just cool know she, she was trying was. to. It might work. <laughs> I mean, no, she was trying to slide in Baker's DMs. If I'm Baker, I'm sorry. I'm like, okay, uh, I'll be over at six. That's that's where he goes full Johnny Manziel. <laughs> just he's out of the league in two years due to this confrontation right. with Mia Khalifa. Let's uh, do it. Let's do a bump and, and make a porn. All right. <laughs> so Baker Mayfield. I mean, I'm not telling her no. <laughs> no. Not, Absolutely not. What a proposition. That's my hall pass. Like my wife's like, you know, you get one celebrity. I'm like, technically, she's a celebrity. <laughs> Tec- so what genre of celebrity are we? Yeah. <laughs> like, is it like one celebrity occurrence? So can there be multiple celebrities? Because I think she knows people. <laughs> I think she does too. I think she could probably hook up a, a, a pretty good evening of fun. I would die. Like, literally, of a heart attack. I'm a chunky man, and uh, that'd be how I go down. Quite literally. I'd be Can willing. we get into the Baker Mayfield thing? Last I, thing I'll say, I'd be willing to wear nothing but a Make America Great Again hat if I was with Mia Khalifa for the night. Like, just, just ignore the hat, baby. Here comes the train. Uh. <laughs> All right. So, Baker Mayfield. Got drafted by Cleveland. I like the landing spot myself. Did he? he did. Rumor has it. Rumor has it he was drafted by Cleveland first overall. Are these official? <laughs> these, Steve, these Steve Harvey's official. rolling out like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Oopsie. But yeah, Baker Mayfield drafted first overall by Cleveland. Fantasy purposes, he's my number one fantasy quarterback off the board in Dynasty rookie drafts. I don't know about you guys. Well, um, my opinion on it is he's probably not starting day one, sadly, because he. I'm not a Tyrod Taylor fan, but he's capable. So, um, overall, long-term prospects, Baker probably you know has the best overall long-term prospects, especially kind of the shortest path to starting uh, that's not day one. Yeah, I, I actually see him with the possibility. I give him a 50-50 shot at starting day one simply because I think it's going to be pure competition in Cleveland. I mean – Yes, Tyrod was not part of the 2017-0-16 debacle. However, he was just simply brought in as competition to whoever they're going to draft. So whoever wins this job, whoever wins the running back job, whoever wins any position on this team is going to be starting from day one. I think it's they've invested all this the last two, three, four years of draft capital in all these players. It's open competition, best player win. Let's go get it. There ain't no, there, there's no holding hands in Cleveland anymore trying to help people along behind the scenes. I feel like Make a, the land great again. I feel like a team did that not too long ago, and it worked out really well. I want to say it was like the Jaguars, actually, that went from, you all going to earn your position. 
Like, yeah, we don't care how long you've been here. You have to earn your position, and we see where where they're at right now. The ancillary benefits yes. of open competition. I mean, it's just insane. It, that's you know, where it should all be. The Pete Carroll way. With it, yeah, competitiveness within the organization unites the team to be competitive outside of the organization. I, I'm I'm a huge fan of open competition at all positions within your within your team, especially when you're a bad team trying to rebuild. The one thing I'll say long term on Baker, he's got you know the uh, good arm, right? But the added benefit with his legs, he can move and the intangibles. Just Cleveland said when he walked into a room, you knew he was there. He's he's a leader. He's got leadership qualities. Yeah. He's got he's not going to be afraid to tell Antonio Callaway and Josh Gordon to put out the blunt and get out on the field. He's not going to be afraid to tell them that. Yeah, it's winning time. Yeah, it's, it's going to be like let, let me, me hit it once. Let me hit that once put and put out. that out. And let's, let's we got a game to play. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I've said it before. He's not Johnny Manziel. No, he's not. You know, it's a lazy you, comparison. Yes, he's Baker Mayfield is something completely different. And uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen a quarterback with as much moxie as him in a really long yeah. time. And, and we've said it several times and seen it on the interwebs. His best comp is a young Drew Brees. I mean, yeah. he's a little more, a little more elusive than a, than a young Drew Brees, but the same moxie, the same – moxie's different from smarts, from QB intelligence. Moxie's confidence, and then you have your QB intelligence. He's got both, man. He understands the game. He's confident in what he understands. And like you just said, he's a leader of men. I think it's a perfect pick. I mean, but, man, Browns fans' reactions to them taking him one hundred and one may maybe just go. This is why you're the Browns. Like you're you're sick to your stomach for taking Baker yeah. Mayfield overall one hundred one overall. Won't you trust you? I get it. You won one hundred and sixteen. You're one in thirty five in the last two years. You know. But but who did you want? Did you want the fifty six complete percent completion guy? So I mean. That, to me, you pick the winner. You before pick the, before pick the we move on, there. not only does he have moxie, and not many people get this joke, he's got Mac and moxie. Nope. Nope. Okay. Mil, mil, you just, I, I can only assume that's a Varsity Blues reference. Whoever got it, hit me up on Twitter. All right, so Sam Darnold I is the second. Apparently wasn't a Varsity Blues reference. I, I, it's, not, it's not Varsity Blues, bro. I got, I, just, I got children. I got kids. It's from a kid's show. Okay. All right. Anyway, continue. Right. So Sam Darnold, he went uh, next quarterback off the board to the Jets. Uh, while I like the landing spot for his long-term future, I think his fantasy short-term future is a little cloudy because Bridgewater is not nothing, and uh, Josh McCown could easily start this whole year. And yeah. who's he going to throw the ball to? Uh, Quincy and Nunwa and Robbie Anderson and guys that aren't going to make the Pro Bowl. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Curse, yeah. Mm. A, 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 not the worst wide receiver lineup in the league by any means, but definitely bottom third of the league. I think I think their biggest problem is at running back. They're I mean, not going to have a running game to Isaiah me. Isaiah Crowell? They, Come on Hey, they, lo- <laughs> they lost Austin Safarian Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> there goes 300 yards. All right, chalk him up. Sam Darnold's a failure due to losing Austin no, Safarian They've got to They've got to put some weapons around him before I'm going to feel yeah. comfortable with his prospects of being a, a superstar. By Sadly, Cleveland's weapons are far superior it's not Jets. even close. Cleveland is literally four deep at receiver above what I would take before I started Jets receivers. Yeah. So if you're it. drafting yeah. Sam Darnold, make sure it is dynasty. Make sure it is for the future. Uh, like the landing spot, just I don't think the results are going to come as quickly as Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. The Bills took Josh Allen. 
Um, I like the fit due to what Arms has referred to as weather ball. you got to be able to spin that ball through some of the swirling winds of Buffalo. Um, I do believe that I Josh Allen... I feel my fingertips. All right, guys, I'm going to make America great at getting a hat blew right off my head. <laughs> I, I, I do... Uh, I think Josh Allen will see the field fairly quickly. I don't think A.J. McCarron is by any means going to hold uh, on to that job for more than six weeks. Of the three teams we just mentioned, yeah, he, AJ's so far, the worst quarterback standing in the way of playing time. I think so. I think out of the first three guys we mentioned, uh, you know, Josh Allen could easily push AJ McCarron aside and be like, I'm going to be huge. I got this. <laughs> but of the first three we mentioned, he's also the worst quarterback. Yep. <laughs> I yeah. mean, pro ready, as far as being pro ready, I, yes, he is. He, I, to me, his he's Blake Bortles at best, and that that's being fairly generous. I, I've, I, I have not liked Josh Allen through the, through this whole draft process, straight up based on his completion percentage, fifty five percent. I mean, I think he has a chance to be Flacco like after a couple of years, but I. I like you said, yeah, he has a chance to be Kyle Bowler as well. Yeah, he physically. I mean, very, very good comp to Ben Roethlisberger physically. Okay. He's not Ben Roethlisberger, though. You don't see him shrugging off defensive tackles. Whenever, If that's what, what he does, fine. Maybe he'll be a really solid NFL quarterback. But I just don't see the, the short-term upside of Josh Allen. The yeah. physical attributes, the physical stature, I yeah – He's almost a one-to-one comparison of what Ben Roethlisberger is. But on-field quarterback, I think they're totally different. Ben Roethlisberger, what he's done great for years is get the ball out of his hands when he needs to and then be able to shrug off a guy late in, late in a play to get the ball out. Again, not forcing it downfield, usually dumping it off for you know 15 yards to Le'Veon Bell or finding, it, uh, finding a receiver over the middle. Josh Allen's just a deep ball thrower. I mean, I, I haven't seen a highlight tape where he's, again, shrugging off a receiver, rolling to the sideline, and picking up a first down on a third and seven. It's usually flinging it 45 yards downfield incomplete, and they punt mm-hmm. the next play. So, I to me, there's some maturity within the game for Josh Allen. Uh, he's got to learn how to win, and, and it's not throwing a 45-yard, 55, 65, however far he can throw it, deep ball every time he's in trouble. He's a, a late second-round dynasty rookie pick. I wouldn't reach for him in the first. I wouldn't reach for him in the top half of the I'll second. I'll be honest with you. With any of these these three we've discussed so far, I don't think I'm taking a quarterback in the first round. No, no. I, th- I think with. they're all second. I think you're going to see dynasty rookie drafts full of quarterbacks in the second round. I think you can pretty much bank on seeing Baker Mayfield within the first three to five picks of round two. Uh, then Darnold will fall shortly after. Rosen, I've seen falling right the by. Yet yeah, maybe even I've seen them land a spot before Baker. But I mean Mayfield, Darnold, Rosen, uh, first half of the second uh, is what I'm seeing the most. And then Josh Allen, that back into the second to a quarterback needy team that missed out on the first three. And then in the uh, third round is where I'm seeing Lamar Jackson that went to the Ravens that I like long-term. Yeah. I think Flacco's 33. Lamar Jackson has a ton of fantasy upside uh, because he can do it with his legs. He can do it with his arm. So Lamar Jackson, to me, may be the best value in Dynasty rookie drafts because you can get him in round three. 
Just make sure you've got a good quarterback starting for you already so you can stash Lamar Jackson. He's a, he's the perfect taxi squad guy uh, for me this year. Because especially year if you have two, a multi-year taxi squad. Yeah, yes, especially. But even if it's a one-year, I'm going to stash Lamar, call him up in 2019, and just let him eat up a roster spot for maybe a year two if it takes three, him to. Yeah, two to three years total, including the taxi squad. Great value, year. though. Great, great dynasty and, and, value. And if Flacco goes out, I mean, this we could be looking at a situation. I'm talking very big names here. But in the, the mold of uh, Drew uh, Bledsoe to Tom Brady, to where once he gets that chance, he never looks back. Yeah, not saying he's going to be Tom Brady. Yeah, just exactly. He's not going to relinquish that job exactly. once he takes it. You know, he can come in and be – I mean, he could walk in and be Deshaun Watson. You know, we just don't know. And that's what happened to Watson. Watson got his opportunity. Unfortunately, he got hurt. But when Watson was in there last year, he he looked like a pro bowler for years to come. Yeah. And, hey, when you're talking value in rookie drafts, that's that's actually the only word I think of. I'm always drafting just the best value. You're telling me I can get a starting quarterback in the third? Might be two years off, might be three years off. Give me that all day long. Absolutely. And then you've got Mason Rudolph drafted by Pittsburgh. I think he's where the quarterbacks stop in fantasy and dynasty rookie drafts. I have seen Kyle Laletta go in the late fourth. Usually that's to the owner of Eli Manning. Yeah. Uh, but Mason Rudolph, I, I picked him up. I'm not a Ben Roethlisberger owner, but I picked up Mason Rudolph because he's the best deep ball thrower in the draft. And uh, I, I think if you wait one to two years on him, if you stash him on the taxi, and I'm seeing him in the mid to late third, I think that's good value too because I think Mason Rudolph could very well be Pittsburgh's starter in a year or two. I don't think this was just a shot-in-the-dark developmental project by the Steelers. I think they did their homework on Mason Rudolph and really like what he puts on, on film. And, and his highlight tape's as good as any. I mean, yes, it's in the weakish defensively Big 12 with a wide-open offense. But then again, who's – Who's orchestrating that offense? Mason Rudolph. And he's executing plays. He's execu- He throws a great deep ball, like you just said, but he's also hit, able to hit intermediate routes, and he gets the I mean, running backs into the Look what he did game. with James Washington last year. And look where James Washington went. Exactly. The same place. You can't tell me that they didn't see Mason Rudolph sitting there in the third like – this is perfect. I mean, it, it's it's Ben Roethlisberger insurance. They they saw oh, yeah. they saw someone there that they didn't have to overpay for. You know, uh, they said, "All right, Ben, you tell me you're going to retire again. We're not fighting for it. We're not going to come to you with a big you know truckload of money. We're just going to say, okay, you know, we feel comfortable moving forward. At, at least as long as he develops as they as they hope. And it's honestly, a- Josh Dobbs, Landry Jones. Mason Rudolph should be able to blow right by those guys. No, those aren't roadblocks. Those are speed bumps, you know, to to the starting position. And to, we're making big comps here. Hey, of all these quarterbacks drafted, I'm always looking for my next Aaron Rodgers. Sit a few years, and I think that's what we're doing here. Mason Rudolph might be my Aaron Rodgers coming up. Ooh, Aaron hey, Rodgers upside. No, I'm saying I'm maybe not completely there, but I'm saying. A fair sit call, there, yeah. sit there, learn from one of the best to ever play the game. And I'll, I'll say that Ben Roethlisberger, we're not talking he's going first ballot Hall of Famer. We're talking about a really, really, really year in, year out good quarterback who understands how to win in this league. Ben, who, why would you not? Ben Roethlisberger, ben Roethlisberger will wear a gold jacket oh, someday. Yeah, he, I, he absolutely so will. he's going I to be a Hall Nitt. of Famer. I am with Ned. I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure on first ballot, but I, so he will. He he will absolutely. And and this is just the perfect. And recipe for Mason Rudolph. I mean, just you made the comp with Josh Allen. Mason Rudolph, Rudolph very similar in stature. Yeah. Too big, Ben, and and, and uh, 
Josh Allen. What I will say is I almost feel like the golden age of quarterbacks is ending. It is. I am with you 100%. Now, there's some freshmen this past year that, you know, uh, Tagovailoa and Fromm, like, yeah. that, if those guys continue to develop, they're going to be special. But, yeah, I mean, it just it seems like there's so many guys that were, you know, as you look, you're like, they're a Hall of Famer or they're possibly a Hall of Famer. They're borderline, like an Eli Manning. A lot of people have him on the border. I have him in myself. But, you know, uh, Philip Rivers, someone like that, to where it's, it's kind of on the edge. It's it's like we're, we've got the the golden age just kind of starting to flicker out, sadly. I, I think I have the golden aids. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Mia Khalifa. Appreciate that. That's terrible. Uh, it is. Anyways. We, uh, we're going to talk about Josh Rosen? You just blowing, you're just no, blowing no, blew right no, by him. Let, let's talk Josh Rosen because I got Mia Khalifa got me excited and I did blow by him. Here's <laughs> in the just, Cardinals <laughs> landing spot. Congratulations again, DHH Scout, who I, I feel has become a nice little staple yeah. in our in our uh, you know our bench roster of guys we can go to. He's he's a great one. He brings so much excitement when he's when he he's does, a guest. man. Uh, that's uh, that's one of my favorite people we've uh, gotten contact with, had on the show, and and caught up on the phone during the live draft episode. I, I'm I'm a big DHH Scout fan. I'm happy for him. But Rosen Cardinals, I couldn't imagine a better landing spot. Honestly, I think it's. I'm okay if somebody takes Rosen before Mayfield in, in dynasty drafts right now, as long as it's the second round, because it's a great fit. And he's got Christian Kirk, who he played with at a, a Nike uh, camp back in the day. They're familiar oh, with each Lord. other. <laughs> you're really reaching. I'm sure lots of these guys have played pass. Jeez. Just oh, saying. You're, you're just really, saying. These hey, guys, these I've guys got, bar- got I've, pictures together. I've got Niddle. I threw a football to him one time. They went to Olin Mills and got photos done together. I don't even know what Olin Mills That's is. That's great, man. Yeah. They, they went to Life Touch. Okay. There, and, we go. And they, there you go. There we and go. they got photos done together after they passed the ball around the old, uh, the Wonderful. old field. You know who else was at that camp? Riley Ferguson. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, let's not thanks. spend 10 minutes talking about that undrafted free agent to Miami. But, uh, Josh, Ro- we won't. <laughs> I, I, I like I, that I, Miami I, signed him. Yeah. I've hated on Josh. You really don't want to talk about Josh Rosen. No, I do. <laughs> I absolutely do. Now, I think it's a great landing spot for him. Again, I'm not the biggest Josh Rosen fan. I think he has a lot to prove to me. But he did a little bit on draft night. Like I was actually surprised with his demeanor, his winning attitude, and that's the one thing that I've hated on him. Me too. so much. I mean, I'll I'll use the word hate. Like I, the one reason I didn't like Josh Rosen, he never won anything. He yeah. he's not. He doesn't come off as a winner to me. But on draft night, he was talking about the future. He was talking about getting to work. He also didn't win the draft. <laughs> I mean. You can coach up to how you're going to talk about your situation. Right. Agents are going to have that conversation. Hey, uh, let's not talk like we're uh, Will Ferrell from uh, Talladega Nights, okay? Uh, yeah. I wake up every morning, piss excellence. I'm just the best there is, plain and simple. Now, he's cocky. Guys, he's Ryan Leaf. I, I actually mm-hmm. – Big comparison. Drawing big comparisons. Yeah, it's a major comparison. <laughs> comparisons. I love what, it. Always. Watching the process, I admit, I, w- I was not a Rosen fan – I understand he's the most natural passer in the draft. I get that. I don't disagree with that. Um, that doesn't not the most natural passer. That's like saying a running back has the quickest feet. It doesn't mean 
Dude's yeah. feet are going to get him nowhere, and he's going to get Garrett Wolf had the back. quickest feet a few years back and did nothing. Absolutely. So Josh Rosen, I've got to say, I ESPN does this crap to me. They know what they're doing. They didn't make me cry on Josh Rosen, but they showed him and Aaron Rodgers playing, you know, throwing the ball around a little bit. Showed him with some interviews. I was impressed. I I think that this guy could be misunderstood a little bit. I, that that's kind of what I was getting. I, at. I think, I think Rosen could be a little yeah. misunderstood. I think the landing spot's great. He. He actually, in my opinion, has the clearest path to playing time because Sam Bradford will have a toe contusion and Josh Rosen will <laughs> see the field game three or four. And I think he's going to be successful. So I think he is worth that early second-round rookie pick to me. I think in three years they're going to be drafting a quarterback in Arizona. I can't believe that you had to preface that whole little piece there with Josh Rosen and Aaron Rodgers passing didn't make me cry. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Didn't make me cry. But You're it, an emotional it, it guy, aren't you? Yeah, because it, Aaron Rodgers I, is one I, of those I, guys I that everyone talks about being a Hall of Famer. You know, if the guy from your alma mater wants to go play catch with you, you know, it's it's just to make him look better. Guys, it, they didn't go to the same college. I, was. I thought, my bad. For some reason, I was thinking uh, UCLA, Cal, right. whatever. Doesn't matter. Same thing. They're, they're both California I kids. I don't know. I, <laughs> out there. Yeah. My bad. My bad. It's, it's, just, it's okay, Arnold. It's I'm okay. an idiot. It's 5.30 call, in the morning, son. It's fine. You called me out on the jet, me saying the Jets were going to move out of that so you got to bust me down? <laughs> Did you not catch that whole thing where we were recording and I didn't have the mixer plugged yeah, in? Yeah, no, I've seen it all. I'm an idiot, though. Yeah, I'm very happens. disappointed in myself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Why would he play shame? Why would he even play catch with Aaron Rodgers? Shame. Then? Other than uh, the fact that it's Aaron right. Rodgers. For ESPN purposes, like, oh, yeah. today but, we're not going to talk about sports, but we're going to show you Aaron Rodgers so playing he, catch with Josh Rosen. I mean, who else is he going to play with? One of the, like, the nine McCown brothers? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what, that's the Brett, Brett Hunley. Did you hear about the new movie coming out? With the, it's, there's no other actors in it except for Baldwins and McCowns. <laughs> there's 47 people in this movie, isn't yes. there? It's like Medea, but it's just Baldwin's and the McCann's. credits just don't stop. All right, we we are uh, killing time on QBs. Let's move on to running backs. This is this is meat and potatoes in this, dynasty drafts right now. He just pointed at it. I just pointed at this, it. I pointed right, right down, here. I pointed right down at this huge member that's that's fueling this podcast. He, t- he, he pointed at his members, huge. his, 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 his meat and potatoes, air. as he said. Was it? Oh, I thought I was no. pointing at my. Penile region. All right, so Saquon Barkley, there's really not much to say except for number one overall. Landing spot is fine. I don't think it's wonderful. Oh, I think it's the best landing spot he could have landed in. Hands let, down. Let the man speak. I'm on your side, though, Arms. Let, let him make I, I his think, case. And we'll I, just think, I think it's the apart. only reason I say it's fine. I love it long term. I think year two, year three, Saquon Barkley is going to absolutely go off. Are you afraid of Wayne Gallman? <laughs> no. no. I'm afraid. Stewart? I'm afraid of... One, the offensive line, and two, if there's a chance that that offense can be can repeat 2017, not open lanes for running backs, not set running backs up for success because they can't score. So I'm just slight. I am just a little timid as far as the first half of the season. If Saquon Barkley only puts up one 100-yard game in the first six to eight games. Don't panic. Right. The Giants may just still have a hangover Trade from last him year. to me. Again, 100 yards in the NFL is, is a great game. You're looking for a running back to get to 80 yards. Right. So if you can get to 80 yards, 20 yards a quarter. I mean, that, But you can't tell me people won't be disappointed if he's running for 80 yards. 
They'll just, be disappointed. Yeah, it's, it's thousand yard season, but a hundred yards a game is a sixteen hundred yard season, right? right. And that's insane. That uh, hundred averaging a hundred yards a game is just go ahead and let him wear the gold jacket instead of the uniform if he's running if he's averaging a hundred yards a game right out the gate in his rookie career. But I'll, I'll say this in the NFL, this is why it's a, the best landing spot for him in the NFL. The, the passing game opens the running game. I know that yep. goes against all football IQ, you know, at the high school level and the college level. You know, it's the running game. Opens. In the NFL, the passing game opens up the running game. A healthy Odell Beckham Jr., a healthy Eli, a healthy Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram Sterling Shepard. And if they sign Des, he's still a free agent and he's been linked to them the most. Yeah, if they are able to throw the ball like we expect them to be able to throw the ball – Saquon Barkley is going to average that 80 yards a game. And I'm saying that's a good game. That That's what I'm expecting out of him. That's what I'd be happy with. He's going to average 80, 85 yards a game week in, week out. The Giants are too good to stack the box every play. Bingo. That's that's all that matters All, all that matters about this. You can't put eight in the box and expect to stop the Giants' passing attack. You're more likely to see six-man fronts than eight-man fronts. All right. At the end of the day, this is the perfect landing spot for Saquon because they already have a competent passing game in place. Yeah. And, oh, guess what else he can do? In addition to running the ball, he, he can catch out of the backfield. Oh, yeah, I expect he, him to, to he, receive 50 yards a game. He's a uh, matchup nightmare for every linebacker in the league. I'm not sure there's many safeties that are going to be able to cover Saquon. So, yeah. Saquon, 1-1, one, one, no arguments about it. Uh, landing spot, you know. Perfect. Perfect for some. In my opinion. Fine for others. See, I like it long-term, and I think it was the right choice by the Giants, so don't take me wrong on that. Rashad Penny was the second running back to come off the board to Seattle. My jaw was on the floor. My jaw was also on the floor. I'm just going to go right up and say I am a little lower on Rashad Penny than most as far as rookie drafts go. I'm taking three, possibly. Maybe not. Maybe not four, but I'm taking two to three running backs ahead of him. I think he's running back three or four in this draft. If Seattle can shore up their offensive line, you know, this pick could look fantastic, but the fact remains they haven't done that yet. The line is not ready to make Rashad Penny a star from the start. You don't revamp an offensive line overnight, especially when you draft a running back in the first round. You have to have first-round talents, first, second-round talents on your offensive line, and the Seattle Seahawks, by picking Rashad Penny in the first, were not in position to do that. And they're going to struggle. He's going to struggle. That offensive line's going to struggle. Will Russell Wilson struggle? No, but this isn't about Russell Wilson. Uh, Rashad Penny, I don't see having that much of a fantasy impact in 2018. You say third or fourth. I got him fourth or fifth. I'd rather have some of these uh, situational role, first-year situational role guys over Rashad Penny. I just – if you take him third off the board in a rookie dynasty draft, it's justified, but I wouldn't be happy about it. Right. You could take him second, or you could take him eighth. Yes. And you'll be right. Let me add, Most mobility out of all the yeah. running backs. Let me add real quickly that Seattle has no one to throw the ball to besides Doug Baldwin. Jimmy Graham is gone. Paul Richardson is gone. Not saying that those guys are absolute mega studs, but they have no one else. They have Doug Baldwin, and the next guy that has a chance is Amara Darbo. They're, they're – they did not do anything to help their receiving core. They have no way to alleviate pressure off the running game, in my opinion. That's why three to eight is a solid range for Rashad Penny. In such yeah. a wide mobile range, it's just a tough pick. Again, I would I'd rather gamble on someone else. 
yeah, like I said, anywhere from two to eight is the right pick. I mean, he's a great comp to uh, Kareem Hunt. That's what they say. I but think. he also doesn't have the offensive line that Kareem Hunt has. I think his talent is very Kareem Hunt-like, but you, you nailed it. They don't have Kansas City's offensive line. And Kansas Not many City, teams do. No. Kansas City also drafted Kareem Hunt in the third, fourth round. Yeah. You know, the Seattle should have uh, – to me, they should have – they, they, it's not about yeah. Seattle. It's about Rashad Penny. They could have went they, O-lineman and then taken Geis another round late. Well, they didn't have pick. But they could have got a, a running back. A Geis. They could have got a Geis. Yeah. Someone like Geis. Yeah. So, carry on. Sonny Michelle went in the first round to all of our surprise. <sighs> Listen, we love Sonny, Sonny Michelle. We've made it clear on the show. We don't love the Patriots running game. I don't anyways. I, I know Deion Lewis can be fantasy relevant. And was fantasy relevant. Sony Michelle is a better player, but will the Patriots give him enough volume to make him worth a top three to four rookie pick? I actually have Michelle down at my nine to eleven range in rookie drafts, and you guys can can slaughter me now. It's my opinion. No thanks on Sony Michelle in the top eight. Talent wise, Sony Michelle, like eighty to ninety percent of Alvin Kamara, which is a freaking stud. Okay, situation wise. Bill Belichick absolutely could care less about fantasy prospects of any player. None of that matters to him. Bill Belichick's thought process is, oh, yeah, no, I gave him 20 carries last week. He got 230 rushing yards. He probably needs rested. I'm going to give the ball to James White this week. It's it's absolutely maddening to, to watch how their running game develops every year because three weeks in a row, you might have a top five fantasy finisher you know, in a PPR format. The next three weeks, that dude might not suit up. Yeah, not due to injury, not due to breaking team rules, just because Bill Je- Bill Belichick is a fantasy butthole. That's that's what we're going to say because I can't say much <laughs> yeah, worse. Bill Belichick is the butthole of fantasy football. Like he he despises fantasy football. It's like every week he's like, um, yeah, no, I'm playing against the guy who's got a who's got Deion Lewis. Oh yeah, we're we're going to run heavy. <laughs> To uh, Rex Burkhead. <laughs> exactly. So, I, I actually like it. Go back to the fantasy butthole. Uh, I actually like this. I, I, I've i been waiting for the Patriots to actually commit to this position for a while. And I know people, a lot of people like you guys are going, but he won't. He won't. You're, that's what you're saying. He will not commit to a running back. I, I think they finally commit to a running back here. I think Sonny Michelle. Could be that guy. I'm not saying draft him as a second running back off the board because I got to get another guy that I like better. But I could, I wouldn't hate you if you took him third or fourth. Let someone else make the mistake. Yeah, you, that's that's my thought on it. Let someone else make the mistake. If you're sitting there at five or six, let somebody someone else is going to take him. Don't, and you're going to have an equal value in that range to where if you if he starts to blow up, you can trade for him later. Or if you're sitting at five and six and he falls to you, not a bad. Don't move up for Sonny Michelle in a draft. If you got later picks and you package them together and move up, don't don't do that. Let him fall to you. Let let Sonny Michelle fall to you in a rookie draft. But I don't hate the I don't hate going to a, a high po, high potent offense. I mean this this dude can produce. On the ground and through the air. I like Sonny Michelle. I'm not worried about the high potent offense. I'm worried about the 72 backs on the roster myself. <laughs> but Nick Chubb went to the Browns, uh, first running back to go in the second round. I like the pick for Cleveland. I don't think Carlos Hyde's the long term fixture there. I think Nick Chubb is going to be an excellent pro running back. That being said, he does have uh, some resistance for carries. Duke Johnson is a fantastic pass catching back. Uh, Carlos Hyde, if he's healthy, 
Um, Carlos Hyde's a, he's a good running back. He's not a great running back. He's a good running back. And to get past a good running back, you've got to be a great running back. And I'm not sure if Nick Chubb is a great running back yet or not. Uh, but he is in my top five of rookie drafts. There are three guys, four guys I would take in front of him. So he's my, my three to six range on Nick Chubb. Uh, personally, I'm not taking him. I got three to four guys I'm taking before Chubb, but I like him long term. Let's let's say this give you a best case scenario for Nick Chubb, and it's he does beat out Carlos Hyde for the lead and in quotations the lead back role. He's still just if he's that he's just a first second down back maybe. Like Duke Johnson is a extremely capable back who's extremely versatile. When when Duke Johnson's in the background, they can hand it off. Most likely they're going to throw the ball, but they can't hand it off to him. I I think. That factor you, you have to take into account. Nick Chubb isn't going to be a three down horse in this league, plain and simple. Not in year one, two, or three. Duke's going to be in on obvious passing situations and a lot of the possible passing situations. Mm-hmm. And although I do think, in a disagreement with a lot of the draft, you know, beat Knicks or draft Knicks, whatever it is, I think the Browns had an okay draft. They've improved their overall roster, but there's still going to be a lot of possible passing situations and they're not going to be ahead all the time yeah all right so let's talk about the next running back that got selected ronald tampa bay selected ronald mcdonald jones actually that's not his middle name it's just ronald jones a second and uh again go ahead slaughter me on twitter i don't care this is my number two overall fantasy rookie pick me personally I think Ronald Jones is a threat to take it to the house anytime he touches the ball. Uh, I wasn't sold on him being an absolute workhorse. He is a little bit undersized, but I like the landing spot. I like that there is no no one in front of him for carries. Peyton Barber is not going to threaten Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is going to be on the field from day one. Mm-hmm. Jameis Winston, I think, is going to take a small step forward, I think partly because he's got Ronald Jones. And I think Ronald Jones is going to have a fantastic year for winning right now and going for a title. And you've got pick 102. Ronald Jones is my pick at 102. Sorry, Darius Geis. You're my number three when we get to you. But Ronald Jones is my number two. And I'm sticking to it this year. Since you brought up the name, Geis is my two. This is my three. And it's clear cut. This is tier two after Saquon. Yes. These, the, those two guys are tier two, hands down. I like... Ronald Jones' situation is better than Ronald Jones' talent. To Agreed. me, to Agreed. me, I'm not a huge Ronald Jones the second fan. Nor I am a I. huge position. I'm a huge fan of whoever's going to be the lead back. He has the is. path of least resistance. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to be the day one starter. When you got Charles Sims and who? Peyton, Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber. I mean, this guy's going to be involved in the passing game. Obviously, the running game. He. I expect him to approach a thousand yards in year one, just based on volume. You said volume earlier. This is your guy who might get the most volume, even or at least Saquon volume, in year one. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I, I mean, I'm not going to have him in my top two. I'm, I agree with you. I think Geis is the clear-cut number two. Um, but, once again, path of least resistance. Ronald Jones is going to be a day-one starter. Ronald Jones is going to get 95% of the carries probably. You know, there's probably going to be times they set him out in the pass game. It's going to be as a breather, not as because he's a liability in any stretch. Right. Uh, he's a good running back. I mean, there was talks – Basically, halfway through the season, Ronald Jones possibly being the number two running back off the board. You know, 
there's no reason to believe that he doesn't have number two in this uh, draft class talent. Yeah, it's just uh, not saying he's a small back. He just doesn't have the physical uh, prowess as some of these he, other he, backs. I mean, like, he doesn't foot, run as hard. He's six foot, two hundred pounds. That's not a tiny man. No, it's not. But if he could put on ten more pounds, just to that's the one thing I'm worried about is is can he two ten is about the, the minimum weight I yeah, want to see it. I can back. I can assure exactly. you the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will have him size wise ready for the season. I think you're right. And that's going to help his durability, short-term and long-term, the adjustment to a 16-game season. You know, I could see him as a guy who wears down, but he's going to be the day one he might starter. Start, he might start the season at 215 and finish it at 200. Because <laughs> he's just worn down. Yeah. But th- this dude, yeah, he's tier two. Take him two, take him three. And he is electric. I mean, he, he, can, he can be this year's Alvin Kamara. Give him daylight, in my opinion, because I, I think I think you're going to see some fantastic highlights of Ronald. I don't Jones think he has season. quite the athletic ability, but he's going to have more volume, so much more volume. Yeah, he he. I mean, he's a possibility to be in that top ten production this year, strictly based off volume. Yep. Let's talk round two. The next guy off the board to the Lions was Carryon Johnson. I've got I've got this guy at ten or later in my rookie drafts. I think he's better than Amir Abdullah. I do not think I, I don't believe in the talent and I don't believe ten. in the I don't ten or later I, and I don't believe in the Lions running game. We haven't seen a Lions running game that has produced a high volume back in a long time and let's face it Amir Abdullah was supposed to be pretty decent. Uh, we've also seen guys in the past like Javid Best, Kevin Smith. I, there, there's a there's a litany of running backs that have played for the Lions that haven't produced because the Lions are a pass first team. Amen. Theo Riddick has been relevant because the Lions are a past, pass, pass first team. Carry on Johnson. He's not my guy. I think he is a value at ten or later because I'm seeing eight running backs get selected right off the rip. Carry on Johnson is one of those guys. I'm going to go ahead and take a couple receivers in front of Carry on Johnson, so he's ten and later for me. Uh, I, I, like I said, I like him better than Abdullah. They needed to draft a running back for. The Lions team, not fantasy purposes, <laughs> yeah. it's okay. But for fantasy, he's not for me. God, I was saying amen two minutes ago because you're just feeding me the information I needed. But I'll let you go. I didn't cut you off, Bark. No, I'm good. I was but, ready. I was but, done. <laughs> no, I, I, what you said, the Lions Pat being a pass-first team, why would you take a traditional workhorse running back. I thought they were going to take this PPR monster, something like they could have used Ronald Jones or Darius guy, someone yeah. who 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 can get involved. Carryon Johnson is just a one trick pony to me. Watching him uh, at Auburn, just give him the rock and let him tote it for four yards. That was Carryon Johnson's mo. Does that translate to the NFL? Yes, it does. Does it translate to the Lions? What you're saying, Barker? No. They need more than a guy who's just going to trip and fall for four or five yards. They need a guy who's electric out of the backfield. And to me, Carryon Johnson just isn't that, unless yeah. they're trying to commit to a, a, a 50-50 split between the run-pass game. And that just ain't going to happen in Detroit because, well, they are a pass-first offense. So to me, this is a bad landing spot for Carryon Johnson and not 100%. Uh, I just never like again. Never like the talent of Carry the, the on Johnson. The only question I had about Carry on Johnson is, you know, he ended up a little bit nicked up last year. I think that he's the first for the first time in it seems like forever. The Giants are going to get a thousand yard rusher. 
I mean, who's going to stop him? The Lions are going to... Yeah. yeah, Jesus Christ, wake up, Aaron. <laughs> the, why am I even saying the Giants? The Giants are definitely going to get a thousand yeah, yards. Yeah. But the Lions are... Uh, they. There's nobody in front of him to keep the ball out of his hands. This year? Yeah. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt was brought in to take the rock for them. I mean, I, I, I do believe I do believe we're going to see a pretty fair share of carries between Blunt and Johnson I think to start the season. You want to talk about someone who falls forward for three or four yards? That's LeGarrette Blunt. Right. Carry on Johnson is he, he's a he's he he's more elusive. <laughs> I mean, he was five hundredths five hundredths of a second on the twenty yard shuttle. Different than Saquon Barkley. I mean, the guy's shifty. He proved it that he's a capable back in a very tough SEC. I mean, guys, he's to me, he keeps falling to me at seven. In every draft I see, he's six, seven, or eight. And that's the right spot for him. See, I, I think I, I'm more on the 10 in the the 10th overall pick camp because you, you say shifty. I just see a lot of – he's leggy. He get that's what I'm saying about him falling. Leggy. Yeah, he gets he gets chopped down by a corner and he's going down. That's his Abdullah. High, yeah, he's a high center of gravity guy. He doesn't run low. He runs hard. He doesn't run low. And that's why I say, you know, he gets outside for three yards, he gets chopped down by a corner, you got four yards. Last I mean, thing. I don't see him as a daylight guy who can just take it to the house no. either. It to me. He's probably just a first, second down back career-wise at best. And before we move on, you just summed it up perfectly with one of the last sentences you just said. You said you spoke of daylight. What the Lions needed out of this draft was someone like Alvin Kamara that could produce big results off limited carries. That's not on Johnson. No. Two, two, he's just LeGarrette Blunt. Darius Geis went after on Johnson. He had a Tumble down the draft boards. Tumble on draft day. Went 59th uh, to Washington. Fantastic landing spot because uh, the answer is not there in Washington. So you could not you could not want a better landing spot as far as opportunity goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is my number three overall. Um, I, I'm not super pumped because Washington kind of falls in that Lions area with me. I haven't seen a running back out of Washington uh, produce big results in a while, but I think Darius Geis changes that. I think Darius Geis can come in. I think he's the day one starter. I think he's going to produce. The only reason he's my number three is because I like Ronald Jones's uh, PPR aspects a little better. Uh, but Darius Geis could be my two B. See, I think he's clear number two. I, if if I'm going to break it down into tiers, I'm going to go Saquon one. And I think Geis is number two by himself. Ooh. The only concern I have is if they have any faith in Small J.P. Ryan trying to give him goal line carries. You know, if they want to – Yeah, let him touchdown vulture because Geis is, Geis is electric. It kept blowing my mind whenever teams were taking running backs not named Darius Geis. I'm like, oh, here's the landing spot for Geis. What? And then, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's now going to play with a chip on his shoulder like he's never had to play before. The Browns passed on him four, four times. times. The Buccaneers passed on him, I want to say, three times. I mean, there are teams that passed on him multiple times. The Broncos. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of teams that passed on him. The, the, Bron- the Broncos was the best possible landing spot. Every for this NFL. Guy. I got to say that. I'm Every- sitting there looking at him as a Raiders fan saying, wait a second, we can get him in the second round? Please, please take him in the second round. Like he, he's a clear, he'd be a clear upgrade for them. And he's, Raiders select PJ Hill. 
blew my mind. But Geis is he's a very electric, very hard to bring down. Uh, he's a capable pass catcher. I mean, he's going to be a three-down back in Washington, no doubt about it. I'm glad you mentioned capable pass catcher. It wasn't that he didn't catch passes. It's that he was not given the opportunity because LSU has just been year in, year out for the last decade has been had a futile passing game. I mean, they had Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry for two years and really didn't do a whole lot with them. I mean, they both put up some numbers, but they didn't put up amazing numbers. They keep putting in a wide receiver in the NFL, but that LSU passing game has not been prolific in a long time. So they, he never had a chance to get involved in the passing game. I think he's a three-down back, like you said, more than capable out of the, out of the running, out of the backfield in the in the passing game. But this dude runs angry. He is he was given the ball on the goal line at LSU over and over and over again. So not only is he capable in the passing game, dangerous in open field, can run in in between the tackles, outside the tackles. He can also if he breaks it outside, there's not a defensive back in the league who's taking down one on one. Yeah, two yards and in for a touchdown. They're going to give the ball to him. I don't think you bring in a a, le- a, a lesser athletic running back just because he's bigger in Samaje P. Ryan when you can give the ball to Darius Geis, and he's going to hit that hole just as hard as P. Ryan would with a little more athleticism. And I love this landing spot. That's why he – I'm with you. Clear cut number two, but I'm not going to t- put him on a tier by himself. I think it's Ronald Jones and him together, but I, I like guys all day There's at 102. There's a huge, huge factor here. Mm-hmm. Check down Alex Smith. Yeah. And he there is going to be the difference that puts him in that tier by himself as the number two running back. It wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me if, if we're looking back at the end of the year and Darius Geis has a better fantasy impact than Saquon Barkley. Absolutely. No, I, I'm 100% on board. We mentioned Kareem Hunt earlier. This guy, Darius Geis, I'll, I'll say it down. He's going to put up Kareem Hunt numbers next year. I mean, it's not as good of an offensive line, not as good as a a offense in in total, but he does have Alex Smith checking it down. It's amazing that five running backs went before, besides Saquon, five running backs before Darius Geis. Washington got a steal. That's the only hesitation in fantasy drafts is that so many more running backs went ahead of him. That shouldn't be a hesitation. Draft for the situation and talent. I don't think there's a question mark in regard to health. I don't think there's a question mark in regards to ability. There's not a question mark in regards to the uh, pass catching ability. There's Darius Geist doesn't have anything on his you know that I've seen on game tape that makes me not want to see him. His question marks are off the field. It was just with the combine. A, a lot of things came up with his visits with NFL teams during and after the combine. And to me, you know, maybe he just wasn't feeling those teams. <laughs> you know, I'll give it to him. Like. I don't go into when I'm looking for a job to love every place that I, I see has an available job. You know, Darius Geis was like, hey, I want to play for a certain couple of teams. He made me cry on ESPN. God, you're such an emotional dude. Dream, I right? thought there was onions being cut in the room. It was <laughs> arms was crying too. Dude, like, it, it was such a touching story. Hey, I'm I'm a I'm a Geist fan. Like me I want to see him succeed. I do too. He he seems like a good kid in my opinion. So let's you, see what happens. You guys watch ESPN still? Well, it wasn't ESPN. It was like a video on it was someone, social it was on media. Twitter. We just anything that makes you think about tearing up. It's we just associate with ESPN because that's what they do now. Uh-huh. All right, so the next running back off the board. This is one of my favorites because of landing spot, because of value, because of opportunity. Uh, Royce Freeman to the Broncos in the third round. I've been landing him at pick eight in multiple drafts. 
And I'm very happy about it because this guy can handle the workload. He can handle the rock. He's very athletic for a 238-pounder. Big dude. Love. It's like C.J. Anderson who can catch the ball. Yes, and I love <laughs> Royce Freeman. I do not think he's going to be an elite back by any means, but I think he's going to be a volume fantasy stud. Went to a great landing spot. To me, uh, he's in my pick five to seven range. I'm happy to be landing him at eight. I like Royce Freeman better than Carry On. I like Royce Freeman better than Sonny Michelle. Uh, I like Royce Freeman uh, better than the top receivers even. I'm a big fan of Royce Freeman. I'm happy to land him at eight. You can't feel bad if you take him anywhere from, you know, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. And we've seen it time and time again. Denver running backs just keep being relevant. Are they going to be top five? No. But are they going to be, you know, 20 to 25? No. They're going to, you know, slate somewhere in there between six and 15, six and 17, something in that range. And you should be happy about that with the eighth pick in the rookie draft. Yeah, I actually have him at five. I, in a rookie draft, I'd take him fifth overall. There's and, and that's no wide receivers ahead of him. I'm saying he's the fifth best running back, and I'd take him before any other wide receiver also. To me, it's Barkley, guys, Jones, and then you got to go, I, I believe in the talent of Sonny Michelle, and then I'm going Royce Freeman based on uh, he looks like an NFL back, man. He looks like a big rock-toting like he looks like carry the look he is a big dude but he's also can when he sees daylight he can break it to the end zone and he's also not a passing game liability i i could see him going at the fifth overall ahead of a nick chubb um rashad penny and carry on johnson i just don't see him being the guy who breaks a 60 yarder right when i say daylight five times a season at all 20 yard runs are big in the nfl those are field flippers those are i I mean what you're looking for it uh, considered a big play in the nfl from the running game is a 20 yard play and it Royce Freeman can go 20 yards before a linebacker tracks him down and tackles him. <laughs> yep. Maybe uh, a defensive end. Let's do some quick hits on should, some of the Should other we talk about backs. Naheem Hines? I, I think he's a quick hit to me. Okay. Uh, Naheem Hines, great landing spot. I like Marlon Mack better. That's what I'll say on Naheem Hines. Pretty much the same. I mean, it, Mack, it, they, they must believe in him somewhat. I mean, they didn't put a lot of stock in, in running back in this year's draft, so Hines is more uh, Tariq Cohen. Yeah. I mean, just, that, that's what I got. Tariq Cohen, uh, Jerick McKinnon in, in, in Minnesota. Uh, he has a future in the NFL. We'll say it that way. Mark Walton, I think he's a Giovanni Bernard insurance for when Giovanni Bernard leaves. Very similar running back. I like the pick from a team standpoint. I, I'm not really looking at him in fantasy drafts. Same. I don't hate. I, I don't like that comp. I don't think he's he's Giovanni Bernard. I think he's more of a give me some volume and let me hit the hole. Like he he's not a PPR guy in my book. So I'll, I'll disagree I think, a little I bit. Think but Mixon's I think Mixon's going to be the answer. Mixon's the answer to all of it. Yeah, Mixon's yeah. a three down back. Ito Smith to uh, the Falcons. Irrelevant. I love I love this guy. So I, I actually love Ito Smith. I am taking him in the fourth round of rookie drafts. I'm a fan. I think he's going to be a Tevin Coleman replacement, and I think he's going to get a little bit of volume enough to be fantasy relevant. Ito, I mean, you if you're going deep and have a stash, a two- or three-year stash, um, he's never going to be the lead horse there. I think once either Tevin Coleman or Devontae Freeman – it's not going to be his job. They're probably going to draft. I play in IDP leagues. All my dynasty leagues are IDP leagues, and I would r- much rather have Minka Fitzpatrick in the fourth. 
Or you I've know, seen Minka going in the third in most years. But my my point is, I'd rather have a defensive back who I, I'm comfortable starting the Nito. I'm going to acquire a fourth round pick for peanuts at the end of the fourth round to grab Edo. That's all I'm saying. Three more to touch on. Kalen Bellage has been going uh, second round in drafts. I like it if you're a Kenyon Drake owner. If you're not a Kenyon Drake owner, I think it's risky. I like the landing spot. He could, I mean, there's not much in his way for carries. It's basically just Drake. Drake has some injury history. I think second round is right for Kalen Bellage. He Handcuff. Yeah. I mean, he, if he gets the opportunity to start, he could very well take the job away. Um, but I don't put a lot of stock in him. You say second round handcuff. I'm never taking a, a handcuff in the second round. I think I can hit on a guy if who's going to be. If you're a Kenyan Drake owner, would you? No. Okay. I think there's uh, too I, many receivers the here. Yeah. Too, too many receivers I'd rather have in second and round. And if it's IDP, if we're talking IDP fantasy draft, I think I'm, I'm taking a stud linebacker. I'm yep. taking a, you know, a Roquan or Leighton Sean Vanderish. Evans, Leighton Vanderish. I'm taking a, a, a high upside defensive guy over this guy. John Kelly landed in a rough spot. I, I've seen him. I have seen him go in the first round in one draft. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> insane. Uh, I like jo- John okay. Kelly. I, I like him okay, but I'm I'm not targeting him at all in rookie drafts. That's just me. Unless I got a pick to burn and I'm running back needy and just like a dart throw uh, that. But you know, why? I mean, he's down. never going to see the field barring injury. No, he shouldn't. He, he should get. He he could come out of this year with 200 yards rushing in complete just spelling in blowouts in spelling Todd Gurley, but I don't I, I barely see that. Last yeah. one, Bo Scarborough. Any thoughts at all? I <laughs> I like the landing spot because there is no running back behind Zeke, so Bo Scarborough might get some goal line carries. If you think Zeke's got character issues, fine. You know, if you think that he might get suspended, there you go. Not very very draftable. I just like – I like the name Bo Scarborough. (laughs) We've talked about him a lot, and I like the landing spot for him to actually get two to three carries a game. Okay, Uh, two to three. I'll give you that. uh, Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I just wanted to mention him. After Zeke's ran, you know, seven consecutive carries down the field, and they need a single yard, sure, Bo. Bo, get in. Get him two. Yeah. but uh, handcuff. I mean, take him in the fourth. <laughs> it says on to wide receivers. DJ Moore, first receiver off the board. Uh, I, I don't think we can say that we were shocked, uh, but I was a little bit surprised that DJ Moore was the first one off the board. He's a big time player, and uh, I like the landing spot because I do believe he's going to be the number one. Um, he's definitely a first round rookie pick, in my opinion. I've been seeing him land anywhere from 9 to 12. Uh, I like him in that range just fine. I don't think he is a sure bet to be uh, the most fantasy-relevant receiver this year. Uh, But in Dynasty Leagues, long-term, I don't like Devin Funchess. I think DJ Moore could be special. Not a big fan of Carolina's passing attack, but... As the days have passed after the draft, I think I'm going to take a chance and take D.J. Moore. The one thing about D.J. Moore is he, skill set-wise, matched up very close to Curtis Samuel. They're going to kind of eat into each other's uh, receptions, eat, eat into each other's targets. Um, I kept thinking, when as a Raiders fan, whenever he came off the board ahead of Calvin Ridley, I'm like, that was DHB going ahead of Michael Crabtree. Like they went with the statistics, you know, the measurables versus the production. I think Moore's okay, but I don't see him as being the number one, two, three, or fourth best receiver as far as production this year. And more of that to me is Carolina's offense because how many, how often do they actually produce a very, very, you know, studly wide receiver? 
But he has no, there's no roadblocks. There's no speed bumps. To me, you say Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel played running back for the most of his time at Ohio State. I mean, he's not a true wide receiver. DJ Moore is. Devin Funches, not a true number one receiver. Um, DJ Moore could walk into this job and, and, and win it hands down. I do believe in the talent of DJ Moore, and he's coming out of a Power Five conference uh, on a weak team at Maryland. But this dude has talent. He's got the situation. I, w- I would take him number one receiver off the board in fantasy drafts. Yeah, you're not doing anything wrong by doing so. Let's talk Calvin Ridley. Landing spot, I like it. Julio Jones, not the youngest guy on the block anymore. Granted, he still has three to four years of elite production left, I would imagine. But I like Calvin Ridley. The guy just gets open. He's different than the receivers that are currently on that team. And I do like him from a fantasy prospect. He is still my uh, number one slash two fantasy receiver off the board. I think it just depends. DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, it's who do you like more? What situation do you like more? It's highly debatable, but for me, he is the number two receiver off the board. Hands down, best route runner in this year's draft. Most polished wide receiver coming out. Um, He's going to be, to me, probably walk in and be the number two in a very prolific Atlanta offense. So. I like his chances of being relevant this year. Yeah, with Calvin Ridley, I mean the the knock is the 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 justification for not making him number one overall is he has Julio Jones on his team. Man, this you you hit the nail on the head. It's a prolific Atlanta offense. It wasn't as great as it has been in 2017, but I, I this is a this is where they step it up. This is this is why they step it up because they now have a true number two receiver who you say great route runner, and it's not just a great three routes he runs. You can put him in the slot, and he's going to run every slot uh, route perfect. He can put him out wide. He'll go out, track down a deep ball. He's a very versatile route runner on top of being a great route runner. I love the landing spot for him, and I'm not gun-shy on Atlanta. With a great quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, Cortland Sutton, he was the next receiver off the board round two. Love the landing spot. I think long-term, it's wonderful. I think Sutton needs to sit for a year or play sparingly for a year and behind Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. I think he'll do that, and I think once he gets a little more seasoning, you know, I'm okay taking him in the second half of round one, just like DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley, simply based on the fact that he has the highest upside in the whole class him and him and Equinemia St. Brown. He is but, Demarius oh, Thomas. Jesus. I mean, just, just look at him. Look at everything he does. Pick. He's Demarius Thomas, and whenever Demarius moves on, he's going to fill into that role nicely. The problem is how how many years from now is that going to be? Exactly. That That's the question. It, and to me, he's a back half of the second-round pick. For those who can wait, put him on the taxi squad, and, and maybe hope for an injury. Not hope, but, you know, if an injury occurs, hope he gets the opportunity. I like Cortland Sutton a lot, but – Instant fantasy impact is probably going to be minimal. Extremely minimal. I mean, he, he, he's going to be sitting as a wide receiver three on that team for quite a while. And, and you said it said it right. Like a bad dinner. Just needed a, he needs a little more seasoning. A bad dinner. <laughs> I needs love it. a little more seasoning. Dante Pettis went next to San Francisco. Love it. A lot of people say that they have major plans for Dante Pettis. I think based on his uh, where he went and who he went to, a receiver needy team in San Francisco – uh, I, I think he's a second-round rookie pick. I would not draft him in the first based off some guy's talent that I like a little better. Uh, but Dante Pettis could end up being a steal in rookie drafts. Dante Pettis may end up being the number one coming out of training camp. He's a good route runner. Everything Pierre Garçon was throughout his career, 
he's what, 33 now? Dante Pettis is just a younger version of him with a little bit more speed. I like Pettis' overall upside, and I think that you pair him with what I think everyone believes is going to be a very prolific Jimmy G. Gosh, Pettis is going to be a stud. He could be a Cooper Cup. That's why that's that's my comp on Dante Pettis. Like on a, on a guy who's obviously just came out very Cooper Cup like year. You know, don't expect high end numbers week in week out. Don't expect no numbers week in week out. I think he's a guy who could get to sixty catches, eight hundred yards, and kick in some touchdowns. It, very very good value pick in the at the first of a second round rookie draft. Pretty solid. Uh, next was Christian Kirk to the Falcons. I'm putting him up there in my DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley range. I think Christian Kirk landed in a fantastic spot. I think he'll be fantasy relevant this year, without a doubt. I think he is going to be a Jarvis Landry-like wide receiver for Arizona. I love the kid. I love the landing spot. Christian Kirk, he's right there with Ridley to me. It's DJ Moore, and to me, I don't think you'd be a – an injustice to yourself trying to decide between Ridley and Christian Kirk. Just don't take Christian Kirk inside the top ten. I, you know, not go, inside. No, no, he's definitely eleven to fifteen range. Yeah, Christian Kirk has a great situation. I don't believe in the quarterbacks there. Um, that that's kind of my thing. The with, one. I I think Christian Kirk could do a lot by learning from Larry Fitzgerald, even though they're not a one to one body type comparison. So could everyone else in the NFL. Yeah, yeah no doubt. That's why he holds NFL camps for and NFL Kirk receivers. Been, Kirk has been to those camps yeah Kristen kirk is a talent i don't does he have a picture with larry fitzgerald yep from okay. nike camp Kristen kirk's not a natural pass catcher to me he's more of a get open got a hat he, he doesn't make catches in traffic and to me you're going to be in traffic all day long in the nfl man i great value pick at the last half of this first round but i wouldn't be surprised if this guy's a complete nfl flop i would take all four players we've already named over christian kirk Jeez. All four of them, and hateful. it's it's without a question. So because hateful. what is Christian Kirk? Oh, gee, I don't know. A very similar play to John Brown and Jaron Brown. Bingo. And what have they done with a better quarterback than what Arizona currently has? Better offensive scheme. Guys yeah, and oh, by the way, David Johnson's coming back, and that's going to be a lot of catches. Yeah, just I, a lot of catches. I love Christian Kirk. Anthony Miller was next off the board. Uh, he went to Chicago. Great landing spot for him. I know Nitt's going to have high words for Anthony Miller. Oh, yeah. I agree with him. I think Anthony Miller, I've been taking him at the last couple picks. I think he's picked 14 through 16 and 16 team first rounds or very early one through three in the second if you play uh, in 12 teamers. I like Anthony Miller a ton. I, I He is also up there with Kirk, Ridley, Moore, and Sutton for me. That's where those guys end. That, that's who I'm targeting. Miller, Sutton, Ridley, Moore, and Kirk. Everyone else is the next level down for me in rookie drafts, but I love Anthony Miller. This, this is my number two receiver. Woo! Now, is it justified to take him uh, inside the top ten again? No, there's just so many running backs. There is. So, I, maybe eight or nine. I'm seeing him, I'm seeing him at the back of first, early seconds. But I, I would never rip on a guy for taking him as a number two receiver off off the board. I just said that Kirk is not a natural pass catcher. Catcher Anthony Miller is your most natural pass catcher. He he was in traffic all day long. This is a 10-reception-a-game guy. Week in, week out, yes, at Memphis and whatever division, the AAC, but the dude was just a high-target 
and high catch percentage guy. That's what you got. Just because you get a lot of targets doesn't mean you're a great pass catcher. He caught what was thrown his way, and in some awkward situations. I mean, the dude is an NFL talent. So you take the Kendall Wright catches, you take the Doncho Inman catches, and they all go to Anthony Miller, and he's got better game-breaking ability, better speed, better shifting. Some got to go to Allen Robinson. Well, that's no. what I'm saying. Allen Robinson is going to – we're saying Allen Robinson is going to draw all the number one corners. He's yep. going to draw the big body targets, and Anthony Miller is going to clean up, clean up underneath – with the two guys, all those targets that went to them last year, he's going to get exactly, and he's going to do a lot with them. I think he's going to be uh, he's going to be relevant this year. Yeah, James Washington, James Washington. I like James Washington from a second round standpoint. The end of the second round for me. A lot of people overlooked Juju Smith last year because they had Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant. Guess what? Juju made Martavis Bryant damn near irrelevant. Uh, James Washington, not going to do that to Antonio or Juju, but there will be some production there. So I do think he is a solid mid to late second round pick. I'm not targeting him, uh, but I wouldn't fault you if you do take him because after the guys we just mentioned, uh, the fall off besides one guy that we're getting to is pretty steep. So James Washington is that next guy underneath the guys we've talked about besides one coming up. What do you think, James Washington? Here's what I'm going to tell you. James Washington is doing – he's that mold that they keep bringing in. Yeah. They are already planning to not re-sign either Antonio Brown or uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, they're, they've decided three years from now, we don't want Juju anymore. We're going to move on to the, uh, James Washington. If something the Steelers do, they continuously have that really solid number three who can move into that next – you know, into that number two or number one role even. Um, this year, I don't want him, though. I don't think he's going to be relevant for a year or two at all. Like, I don't think he's going to have any production for a year or two. I was going to say, like, I could see him having 40 catches this year, mm-hmm. but that's that's kind of his max NFL. Like, I don't I don't actually see him as a great NFL talent, period, regardless of landing spot. Like, I, I'm not a big James Washington fan, and this situation is terrible. Terrible immediate fantasy impact, maybe three years down the road, but three years down the road, Ben, ben Roethlisberger isn't going to be throwing him the ball. It's going to be Mason Rudolph, his quarterback in college. But it's just too hairy of a situation. I wouldn't target him. I wouldn't draft James Washington. I'm, I'm looking at James Washington in like the third. James Washington. To trade him. Let's talk. Let's skip a guy and save him for the quick hits because I don't think he's worth talking about as much as Gallup. Let's spend our last couple minutes before the quick hits. Michael Gallup to Dallas. He's de facto number one almost. Uh, his film is exciting. I don't know exactly what to think about this guy, to be honest with you, because I, I didn't have him in my top tier or I wasn't planning on drafting drafting him in rookie drafts, but now I am because of situation. And the talent is there. I think I just overlooked the talent until a situation arose, and, and that situation is here. Michael Gallup, I am taking him with the last pick of round one or the first handful of picks in round two. I think Gallup's going to be fine. I think that he does move into the Des Bryant role. But we also have to remember they do have Alan Hearns, and I think Alan Hearns is going to be their possession type guy. I agree. So um, Gallup's more athletic. Gallup's put a you know ridiculous production in Colorado State. He was an absolute stud, caught in traffic, you know, win the jump balls. Um, but I don't think he's quite Des Bryant. So kind of temper your expectations initially. 
to me, when when I saw him at Colorado State, there was a little bit of a ego issue with Michael Gallup, which is a perfect replacement for Des Bryant, right? <laughs> but uh, Michael Gallup, he's the hardest receiver to sum up, in my opinion. He could be his floor is really low and his ceiling is really high. Um, I, to me, I, I have to draft him. I, I have to draft him if I'm sitting at the in mid second, early second. I got to go ahead and take a take a risk on him because he's. Probably the last guy that's going to have an immediate fantasy impact or the chances, the best chances of having an immediate fantasy impact. Take a chance on Michael Gallup, but don't be surprised if it's a swing and a miss. My biggest worry with him is the quarterback play. I mean, I know you guys you guys really like him, but... I don't like Dak. I, Dak's not, to me, an app, he's not an elite quarterback, and you worry about getting elite production out of a wide receiver with a not elite quarterback. Um, he's he's not nook. You know what I mean? He's not quarterback proof. Quick hits. DJ Chark will simply say, would you draft him and where and do you like him? I I like DJ Chark. I don't like the landing spot, but as a taxi squad, you know, dart throw round three, round four, um, I, I like him. So for me to believe in the talent, I want to, but man, that landing spot disappointed me. In our, in our league, I told you, I just drafted DJ Chark at pick 303 Y-Bark. Because Talent. no, because the NFL team took him in the second round. And oh yeah, 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 the, yeah. That too. The Jaguars took him in the second. I'm getting him in the third of a fantasy draft. That's the main. Re- yes, talent. You know, I, I think the talent's there, but that the, that's the main reason I took him. I think he's more of a a late second, early third, right where I got him. Yep. Um and. Yeah, I'm not going to turn this quick hit into a long hit, but he's he, the most, you just did. He's the most physically talented receiver on the Jaguars right now. Right, but they right have now. but they have some, but they have a Keelan, lot of Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, and Marquise Lee. None of those guys are scrubs. All right. three of those guys that the Lions it, share the targets are going to go to those three guys, and D.J. Chark's going to have to prove he's better than one. It wouldn't surprise me if there's four receivers for the Jaguars next year. They got between six hundred and seven hundred and fifty yards. Wouldn't surprise all four me of them exactly. Traquan Smith, I like him. Future Ted Ginn replacement, uh, maybe round three or four for me. This is the guy I actually was considering drafting over DJ Chark was Traquan Smith. Love his tape. Go go look up his highlights. Take the three minutes to look up his highlights. They they're very uh, a, a great highlight reel. Making catches in traffic. Also burning people off the line and being wide open. I mean, so you have athletic ability. You have that hard nose. Go get the ball in traffic ability, and he's a touchdown red zone threat. I'm keeping him off my draft board right now. Um, I just don't see a, a clear path to starting for him yet. Nick, can I do this without a long one? Kiki Koti. <laughs> he's uh, I, I, he's off my draft board. I know you love him. Yeah, I, I really like Kiki Koti because he's one of the fastest players in this draft, the shiftiest players in this draft, and he's not – Overly small, he's five eleven. Oh, I thought he was five nine. I'm not yeah, even joking. That, that's it, what I thought that, too. That's based on his lateral quickness. How quick he was breaking to to get those balls at Texas Tech. Yeah, I, I'm a big Kiki Kuti fan, and and it's more. I just we just hit up his uh, athletic ability. It's more the landing spot, man. Houston is going to be a good offense, and they need receivers to fill in that offense. And and Kiki Kuti is the perfect opposite guy. For Nook, I mean, a guy who could stretch the field vertically, or when Nook goes vertical, he drag routes across the middle, you hit him on a slant, and he turns it into 25, 30 yards. I think he's an absolute slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Deal of the draft alert to me, Antonio Callaway. 
I'm using an early third on this guy because that's where he's falling. Uh, he's a stash. He could he could end up being great. Way way too many far better receivers ahead of him. Exactly. See, but I, I thought third this, round. I thought this guy was six five, and I followed Antonio Callaway for most of his college career. He's he's Kiki Kuti size man. A little more weight, not mm-hmm. as athletic, and 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 more players in his path to starting. I don't know why you like him that much better than Kiki Kuti. Equinamia St. Brown. All right, so ESB, we're going to jump on down as far as uh, receivers that got drafted. ESB, I feel like he gets to walk in and, you know, be the big-bodied guy that Green Bay's been really missing for a few years. I think we're going to see a uh, – maybe not an immediate impact because Green Bay really never does that. But, God, I feel like ESB's one of the biggest steals in this year's draft. I mean, he went in the sixth so round, guys. Six foot five. He's – you know, he can jump, he can catch, he can run. I mean – what more do you want? The talent's going to prove to be true there in Green Bay. It may take a couple years, but ESB is going to be a good target for Aaron Rodgers. He's not drawing him miles, and he's not you know Jeff Janis. He's he's an actual talented receiver yep. that they that they stole late. Good lord, man! Y'all just don't believe in. I, I, open your eyes, guys. They, they are o- ESBs in front of me. Okay, and, and there were two receivers ahead of him. Yeah, on but, Green Bay on the Green Bay Packers happens, draft board. They, this happens all the time. They, Antonio Brown had two or three they receivers drafted, drafted three ahead run, of him. They drafted three running backs last year, too. There yes, is, they did. There is a reason that he went in the sixth round, the late sixth round. Doesn't I, mean he can't correct that reason. But, but I mean, they, took, they literally took two receivers ahead of him. Open your eyes. This guy has faults all over him. He's a big dude. And that's it. All right, he's a big dude. Like like big dudes aren't always successful in the NFL. No, that's right. true. And, and to me, Devonte Adams is your starter there. You're, you're right. Your big body your starter there. We're not arguing for seven that. years. I just uh, I don't see how he's going to be relevant immediately. There's playing there's playing opportunity. Marquez Valdez Scantling is an intriguing prospect at six five two oh seven as well. Moore. They're like they're two. They drafted two ESBs. One of them's from a smaller school. Either one of those guys could end up surprising and being really, really good. I just want to put my money on ESB for now. I, I just like the talent. I think he. I think he's going to become something. And you're getting ESB in the third. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. getting him in the third round of rookie drafts, and I'll, I'll take a shot on you know quite possibly the number two receiver on Aaron Rodgers' offense in the third round. Last guy I'll talk about. I like Deshaun Hamilton uh, for the Broncos. He, where we were talking about Sutton replacing Demarius Thomas down the line, Deshaun Hamilton can replace Emmanuel Sanders down the line. Yeah. I like him. He is a fourth-round rookie steal. He is a name to look out for, in my opinion, as a dart throw in the fourth-round stash him. I'm taking him everywhere I can. Yeah, I like it. I, perfect comp. He is Emmanuel Sanders' replacement in an offense that is I, – I like where the Broncos' offense is going, not only this year – but three years down the road, and this guy's going to be a part of that three-year plan. The Broncos literally drafted replacements for every player that is exiting or is going to exit in the next year or two. Yeah, I mean, he'll be fine, but, guys, it's it's going to be two or three years out. And I'll be honest with you, someone's going to forget about him. And if he goes undrafted, I think you can pick him up in free agency for next to nothing. Last thing Very on possible. him, I can see him having a bigger year this year, having more impact than Cortland Sutton yes. just because they need – they don't – they don't need the big body guy right now. They need a little slot shifty guy. No doubt. Well, guys, we spent tons of time, and uh, we're going to bring you tight ends and IDP, baby. Oh. 
We're excited about that one. So, arms, anything to add? You look confused over there. I just wanted to mention one more person. Have at it. The touchdown maker out in Tate. Ooh. There's a reason he's a seventh-round pick. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite of ESB on Tate. I like Tate, but I'm not. Yeah, he's he's not. Uh, he's a jump ball guy. He's yeah. not burning past anyone. He runs like a four eight forty. He's definitely not fast. He is going to be. He's a high point guy. The he's right now. Um, whenever the number one cornerback uh, is covering AJ Green, he's going to be the guy who's open. Look for him to be the red zone target. He's off my board. Off my board. Don't see him having a fantasy impact this year. Next three four years, he. I don't think you'll ever see his name in the NFL. He's just too slow. Ouch! Ending it on a rough note. <laughs> He's Devin Funches. <laughs> Funches. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to listen to the next one, Tight Ends, IDP. And then uh, once we get past some of this draft stuff, we'll get back to some of our, our back row antics and bring you our top three foods of the week, our top five soft <laughs> drinks, uh, you know, stuff like that. You never know to start off the show. But thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Listen to our stuff. And go draft these players accordingly. Have great rookie drafts. Bark out. Good night. Enjoy that rookie draft, baby. Peace. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening. And be sure to give us a review.